As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello. Welcome to Jules Says. I'm Julie, grandmother, Jules, mom. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back. If you have anything you'd like to share or ask, please email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. I keep forgetting to mention that I did hear from someone about the uh, the episode about work chaos and we work, and she recommended a podcast called We Crashed, the story of we work. Thank you for the recommendation. I haven't listened to it yet. This earning a living business is really getting in the way of my life. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I haven't been to any live virtual concerts. I've been not doing much, actually, other than working. And today was a long day, too. And one of the other challenges is I'm terrible at social media. Maybe your nan is, too, so forgive me. But when I see things that are said or printed about my daughter, my reaction is quite visceral. Do not mess with the cubs. I don't care how old they are. As long as I'm alive, I still feel the same way about them. Mm. And this is even about stupid things. I've learned not to read comments and mean posts about Catherine for the most part. She doesn't care, and so I shouldn't either. You have to expect that if you're in the public eye. And just as I try not to give oxygen to dodgy characters... I sincerely do try to ignore what does come to my attention and not be irritated by it. There's no point. But I just do not understand why anyone feels compelled to post negative opinions publicly. You're not solving anything. By all means, think what you want. Share it with your friends. But do you really need to put it out there for the world to see? Did it ever occur to you that someone's mother might be reading this? And whenever I see particularly mean posts, I want to tell their mothers. Maybe these people don't care what their mothers think, and I know mothers aren't responsible for their grown children's behavior, but I think most of us really don't want to hurt our mom. When you post nasty things about someone, you're hurting the people who love them. Does the world really need your negative opinion? We do not. However, last week I slipped. I read a tabloid headline that said Catherine was unrecognizable from a picture taken of her at age 19. And I boiled. Partly because this is something the tabloids do specifically to women, or at least more often to women. And partly because she hasn't changed to the point of being unrecognizable. And partly because... Of course we can become unrecognizable as we age. What a surprise! 
I usually ignore Instagram when I'm working, but for whatever reason, I took a moment, I looked at it, I saw it, and I immediately responded with some little mini rant about aging. And I know better. But then I posted an eight-year-old picture of myself. Unrecognizable, of course. Then I posted a 21-year-old picture of myself. Unrecognizable, unless you actually knew me back then. Of course. One of my nieces actually asked me, Delilah, when she was living here, Julie, were you ever in shape? (laughs) So, I mean, that's how we change, right? But I did this, and then I resumed working. And a little later, I realized that I had posted these pics really without context, which was embarrassing because a few of my friends responded with, with loving, kind comments about how I haven't changed. And I thought, oh no, people must have thought I was fishing for a compliment, which I wasn't. So then I posted again with a pic of the tabloid for context. Oh my God, when will I ever learn? I gave the bad thing oxygen, which is what I don't want to do. So if you happen to see that, I'm very sorry about that. I need to stay away from Instagram when I'm working. And I have to remind myself to be grateful for the privilege of aging. A young friend of the girls recently passed away, tragically, suddenly, at only 37. It's always so sad when people don't get the opportunity to age. Let's try to remember that. I remember years ago, Joanne saying to me, years ago, she was a young teen, and yet this wisdom, why do you want to look younger? She said, it makes no sense. Would you like to look like a 10-year-old? Of course not. So it doesn't make sense for you to want to look 21 or 30 or any age other than the age you are. (sighs) She's right. Moving on, we had... A porch shopper last week, sometimes they're called porch pirates. I call them shoppers because they're just shopping. This is a bit of a problem in our neighborhood. Maybe it's a problem in your neighborhood. Maybe you can relate. But one of the downsides to online shopping is porch shoppers. Most delivery people at least ring the bell to let you know they're dropping something off. And at the very least, most companies send you a text or an email to let you know something has been delivered. But I had ordered a couple of long-sleeved swimsuits. I like the long-sleeved suits because they keep your arms and shoulders and your décolleté from tanning. And let's be honest, I don't want to look leathery. I used to tan a bit when I was young, but the décolleté is the first to show the age, especially if you sleep in a fetal position as I do. (sighs) My chest looks like a cracked, parched desert all the way up to my collarbones. And I remember the first time I noticed the lines. I was in my late 30s on a work trip, which I consider very young now. And as I was getting ready for work in the hotel, the sun just kind of hit me in a way that really showed the age on the décolleté. I was shocked. I hadn't actually noticed that before. And of course, it's only gone downhill from there. But the point of all that is, kids... If you sleep on your side or tan too much or get terrible burns as I did, eventually you may end up with a cracked dry desert on your chest that ages before your face. My mother warned me to sleep on my back. Did I listen to her? I tried, but I can't. So now I not only wear sunscreen, I often wear a long-sleeved high-necked swimsuit. And I like them. 
They protect your skin from excessive sun damage. I think they look great. And after swimming, they keep you cooler than you would be with bare arms. The problem is, I can't find a long-sleeved swimsuit in a local store. Not that I shop that often. It's never been something I enjoyed. So I ordered two from this site, and they're really quite nice. If you're into trying one, the site is attraco.com, A-T-T-R-A-C-O.com. The ones I got are pretty well made, and they're supposed to be UPF 50. I do have to wear a bare-armed bathing suit in Canada, though, because... I get too cold. But anyway, the package had been delivered, but with no notification from the company. Abe happened to catch the porch shopper in the act. He opened the front door to head out to run some hills. I should be running some hills. And there was a woman quickly walking away from our porch. Hello, he called out to her. She kind of half turned her head and said hi as she scurried away. Then Abe called out to me. I was still in my office at work. You have a package. When he got back from running the hills, I really should run the hills, he told me about this woman. She had shopping bags, and at first he thought maybe she was a delivery person, maybe an Uber delivery person. We seem to get a lot of Uber Eats intended for our neighbors. I guess our brightly lit house number isn't clear enough. And I said to him, she was probably a porch shopper. She had shopping bags because she was going shopping. But Abe loves the technology, and he had installed pretty high-quality security cameras. So he checked the lovely, clear footage that we have, and sure enough, there she is, striding up to the porch, as confident as can be, briefly glancing left, then right. Then she stops in front of the door, looks down at the package, directly at the package that had been delivered without any notification, takes a quick glance around, and then suddenly turns and walks away. You can see the light change from the front door opening, and Abe comes out, picks up the package, and brings it in. Porch shopper, foiled. He called the police to see if they wanted the footage. We figured that maybe there had been reports of theft, but, you know, they don't care. They don't care about petty theft. Even when Carrie called them a while back about a voyeur on her second-level deck who was about to enter her unlocked screen door, they didn't care. They don't care until someone actually hurts you or kills you. I think they're just more interested in stopping people on the street for no reason at all and asking them for ID. I mean, they will come if someone actually dies. I'll give you that. That time our neighbor died, they did show up. And I don't know. I I don't know what their jobs are like, but they certainly don't have time to deal with petty theft. It's a victimless crime, so I guess we just have to be vigilant ourselves. Another reason to shop local, which I do try to do. I do. But there are a lot of things you can't buy locally, not just long-sleeved swimsuits. High-quality travel-sized non-aerosol mosquito repellent, for example— I tried to buy mosquito repellent locally. God only knows we have a lot of mosquitoes here in Ontario, and people travel during the Canadian mosquito off-season to places with mosquitoes, and we don't have vaccinations for all the mosquito-borne illnesses. Did you know that mosquitoes kill more people than any other animal on Earth? I recommend, here's another podcast recommendation that I hardly listen to, but The few episodes I've listened to, I do really like. 
this podcast will kill you. There are a few episodes that discuss mosquito-borne deadly parasites and viruses, and every episode that I've heard, and Abe's heard a lot more of them, so he can attest to this, they're all fascinating. Ecologist and epidemiologist Aaron Welsh and Aaron Allman Updike discuss a different disease, its history, its evolution, its biology, and its risk to you and me in every episode. Mosquitoes are not just annoying pests. Their bites can infect you with something that can kill you. And I happen to be particularly sensitive to even the non-deadly bites. They swell up and they're terrible on me. And mosquitoes love me. I don't know why. But do you think I could find a CDC-approved non-aerosol travel-sized mosquito repellent in any of the stores I checked? I could not. I even checked online. Yes, even when shopping online, I do try to support local Canadian retailers. They haven't had an easy time of things, and I don't want them all to close. Jackpot! Canadian Tire, which, in addition to automotive parts and services, offers toys, kitchen, garden, cleaning, and sporting merch. They had mosquito repellent in stock at the stockyard's location. So Abe and I got the car out, but when we got there, we couldn't find the one that met our criteria that I had seen online. We drove around and checked a bunch of other stores in the area. Nothing. Abe checked online again. They have 10 of these in stock. I know they should because I checked before we went. We figured we must have somehow missed them. So back we went. We asked a staff member who very helpfully went to check the stock in the back, or so he said. He returned empty-handed. After that, we came home. Abe logged in online and ordered something from Amazon in about five minutes that's being delivered this week. We didn't want to do it, but we had a deadline. Sorry, Canadian retailers. We tried. But the porch shopper. Abe changed the settings on the porch camera to notify him whenever there's movement near the door. So, it's good that we're notified, but in a way, it can be a bit annoying. Have you ever heard of a YouTuber called Mark Rober? His content is great. Fred's going to love it when he's a few years older. One of his series is glitter bombs with hidden cameras, so people who steal packages from his porch are filmed as they open the package and and enjoy a glitter explosion. I'll put a link in the description, or you can just look up Mark Rober on YouTube. It's quite gratifying. Obviously, I'm not an engineer, so I suggested to Abe that we should get a cat And then, instead of disposing of the cat litter like any other normal person, we could package it up and put it outside for porch shoppers. We could could use old shipping labels and just change the address to something like 1010 Bum Alley so they aren't sure of the source of the package when they open it. I mean, they always collect multiple packages. They can't prove it came from us, and they probably wouldn't remember where each package came from anyway. Well, I'm full of ideas that never happen. Speaking of the porch and the door alarm, I was awakened late Saturday night, well, actually it was really early Sunday morning, to the front door and the door alarm. My first thought was, wow, Abe has gone out to run the hills pretty early. God, I should be running those hills. It's pitch black outside, 
And then I looked at the clock and realized it was only about 1.30 in the morning. That would have been really early for him to be going out to work out. So my next thought was, well, that can't be good news. He's either ridiculously stressed or something's going on. I heard the alarm and the door a couple more times, I think. I was kind of half asleep and realized that the party next door was still going on. Ah, now it all made sense. We're in a semi-detached house, which means we share a wall with our neighbors. Now, when we did our renovation, Abe put really high-quality insulation on our side of the building and added framing. But that gorgeous exposed brick on the other side means no insulation, so it's a lot louder than it needs to be. And theirs is a multi-unit residence with tenants. If you've listened to any of my other episodes, you may recall me talking about loud parties with woo girls. But even without the woo girls, I didn't hear any that night. It can get loud, especially the bass of the music and the high-pitched drunken cackling. So Abe had gone over to ask them to turn the music down. I mean, I wouldn't have bothered, to be honest. I mean, why? A bunch of drunk 30-somethings are very unlikely to respond with, Why? Yes, sir. No problem, sir. We'll turn this down right away, sir. My goodness, look at the time. Everyone, everyone at the party, it's quite late. We should shut this down so we can enjoy our day tomorrow. No, such a response is highly unlikely. So why bother? The problem is, I can maybe sleep through a little noise. What I can't sleep through is feeling angry. And some of us tend to project our standards onto others. So if one of my neighbors knocked on my door and asked me to turn it down, I would, number one, be mortified that I had disturbed them, and I would turn it down. I'm quite sure I would have done this even in my 30s. But then again, I was already old in my 30s. When Abe returned to the bedroom, he did not look happy. I asked him how his visit went. All I remember him telling me was that the guy told him to get the fuck off his porch. Okay, that explains why the music was suddenly much louder and then there was pounding on the shared wall. That was not a figment of my imagination. However, the party did seem to wrap fairly soon after that. I don't know whether Abe's visit was the catalyst or whether it just would have happened anyway. Needless to say, Abe did not get a very good sleep that night. Partly because of the noise, but also when you have a confrontation like that, you're in knots and it feels awful. So... I'd be interested in hearing from anyone who, if you have some suggestions for handling these situations. Some of the things I would think would be, for example, if you're the one having a party and you think it might carry on loudly a little too late, the least you can do is warn your neighbors. Then they can decide to wear earplugs to bed. Are earplugs comfortable to sleep in? No. But if you're not doing this often and not on nights you know they're working the next day, hopefully they'll understand. Because even though there are city noise bylaws, they're actually impossible to enforce. No one 
cares. The police are busy arresting murderers, rapists, check, no, they don't arrest rapists, checking ID for people walking around their neighborhoods, issuing traffic tickets, you know, ignoring petty theft. They certainly don't have the time or the inclination to deal with something as inconsequential as a noise complaint. Whenever Carrie and Alan have a party, they take it a step further. They invite the neighbors. If you give someone something, even if they don't take it, there's a psychological thing where we feel somewhat inclined to give you something back. I learned all about how this works on a Hidden Brain podcast episode. Okay, I'm giving you so many recommendations. You're not even going to have time to listen to Jules Says. The episode is Hidden Brain Persuasion Part 1. In Carrie and Alan's case, usually the neighbors actually come to the party. I mean, Carrie is a lot of fun. If you're ever invited to Carrie's party, you should go. But if you're the neighbor of the partiers and those pricks haven't invited you, I think the best thing to do is just seriously put some earplugs in and bear it. And maybe the next day or the next time you see them when they're not hammered and more likely to listen, maybe then ask them to try to remember to turn it down if it gets past a certain time, or at least warn you if they think it's going to go late. And if it's a chronic problem, I don't know. I don't know what you could do about that, if anything. Find some sound protection that actually works, that isn't so uncomfortable. I don't think you can do much else. I mean, I know that one thing you can count on is change, but it could take them 20 years to move, and maybe you don't want to move. But even those run-of-the-mill squishy earplugs do shut out a lot of the sound, and they're better than nothing, I guess. Or, I guess you could move to the country. That's one of the benefits of not being in a city. Anyway, if you have any better suggestions, let me know, because I know this is going to happen again. Thank you so much for listening. If you have anything you'd like to share or ask, email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. I'd like to hear what you think. Have a nice week.